0: If you were able to walk into a room, confident that you would be well received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here's the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela gaffin
1: Welcome everyone to an amazing episode of Navigating Complicated Relationships. I'm your host, Michaela Gaffin Stone, and I am here today with a very special guest. I am so excited! I'll bet you can hear it. And um, his name is Mark Cheverton. More in a moment. I'm just going to read the intro because I love this. He wrote this, and and this is it'll give, set you up nicely. So I hope you've got your coffee. Your pen, paper, uh, notepad, computer, whatever you need. I like pen and paper. don't about you. So let's begin. Cameron Poole has a problem, big problem. He's a bully magnet who struggles with anxiety. Being the smallest sixth grader at his summer camp, everything around him triggers his everyday struggles with his anxiety, He's beast making it impossible for him to do the same things other kids can do. In a constant state of worry, Cameron feels like a perpetual failure, his self-esteem crushed. It's bad enough, but when Cameron learns that mythical monsters are trying to invade his camp, things go from bad to worse. Can Cameron control his anxiety and confront his beast while battling an army of minotaurs, banshees, ghouls, golems, and other nightmarish monsters? Fiction writer Mark Cheverton is a highly accomplished author who makes a real difference in children's lives by bringing awareness to problems faced by today's kids. Through his writing, Mark provides a safe platform for kids and their parents and their teachers to explore a variety of coping strategies and, above all, lets the child know that they are not struggling alone. Mark and myself are here this week teaming up to bring you Really valuable mm-hmm. episode on helping kids with anxiety. You do not want to miss this. So make sure that you're not multitasking, make sure you're paying attention. And Mark, welcome to Navigating Complicated Relationships. Thank you so much, Michaela. It is wonderful to see you here today. And I've, I've been excited about this since we set it up. It's just. Yeah, me like... too. So, shall I jump into questions? Sure. Okay. Do you want to say something a little bit about yourself first before Um, I go into all the questions?
2: Yeah, so I'm a full-time author. I got there through kind of a strange path. I was a high school teacher for, I studied physics in college and have a bachelor's and a master's degree in physics. I taught high school physics for 15 years and then moved into industry and worked as a physicist for General Electric for 15 years working at their R&D facility. And then I started writing books and I found I have a flair for writing books. Who knew? And so now I've written, this is my 27th book that I've written. Okay. That's had, just your typical physicist, isn't it? Typical path for a physicist is teacher to physicist to child author. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 27 tale, books. Right? <laughs> 27 books. Wow. Yeah. That
1: is so cool. I hope people are paying attention because there's some goodies coming for you. So. How did you write, how did you start writing books for kids?
2: Well, I decided, it's kind of an ironic story. I decided when my son was four, I see the people at GE who are really successful, and these people are risk takers, and they're not afraid to try something really hard, and they're not afraid to try something, and they're likely going to fail, but they're going to try it anyways and figure out a solution, and those people are just shooting up the corporate ladder. And they're super successful. And I want that for my son. But we learn as kids by seeing our parents and those traits of being a risk taker, trying really hard things, and you're probably going to fail, but you're willing to try it anyways. Those do not describe me at all. (laughs) I do not like failing. I get really stressed. I think I probably have some anxiety around doing things where I'm going to crash and burn. And so, I want my son to learn these things, but he's not going to learn it from me. So I thought I'm going to write some books and make some really great characters with some great plots and they'll have those traits and he'll learn that from these characters. And so I wrote really, my first book, yeah. tried to get it published. It was a catastrophic failure. Wrote three more, tried to get those published and those all crashed and burned. They were just terrible. Um, and It's a good thing they didn't get published because I didn't know anything about the craft of writing, and so they were awful. So I was ready to give up on writing, and my son was cyberbullied while he was playing Minecraft. And he thought it was his fault that he was bullied. So I thought, I tried to explain it's not his fault, it's the kids, but he didn't get it. So I wrote a book about why this wouldn't be his fault, about what kind of kid would do this to him. And I wrote it in Minecraft because my son was obsessed with it, read it at bedtime. And he said, oh, I get it. These kids are jerks. They're probably bullied. They're probably picked on. And this is how they lash out. And I thought, yay, I'm super dad, right? And then just for fun, I published it, self-published it on Amazon. And it sold like 50,000 copies in like four months. Wow. (laughs) And so, yeah. Uh, publishers and a and literary agents saw it, and they started contacting me and in no time at all, I had a contract to write books about minecraft now I'm really interested in the
1: the like fifty thousand copies that's that there's a number of things you've just said I'm interested in so I'm gonna to jump around a little but how did people find
2: your book because it doesn't sound like you exactly have a degree in advertising no and You know, it's funny, the the way I tried to create Buzz was this was back when you could create a whole bunch of Gmail accounts and you didn't need to link it to a phone. And so I made like 20 Gmail accounts and I'd go onto Minecraft forums and I'd type, hey, I just read this great book called Invasion of the Overworld. Did anybody see it? And seconds later, boom, I'm banned for advertising. And then I'd go on with another account. Oh, I saw it. It was awesome. I read it. Boom, banned. Then I'd go on with another account. And so I don't know if that helped or not. That's what I, that was my marketing effort until I ran out of email accounts. Um, but what happened was at the time, this was in 2012. And at the time, there were no other novels about Minecraft. Mine was the first. All of the books were how to build a castle how to fight zombies, you know, how-to manuals, all nonfiction. None of it was fiction. And so at the time, this was when Minecraft was exploding and kids were just hungry for anything. And parents were begging to get their kids off the computer. And here's a way. They'll read a book. They think they're playing Minecraft still, but they're reading a book and they're off the computer. And so I I I got thousands of emails from parents saying, thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: No wonder. So the timing was impeccable.
0: Like, oh, absolutely. Wow. And, I, I just love done the marketing.
1: <laughs> I love the marketing by spam. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's
2: just, yeah. I, d- I don't know if you could do that now, but... Um, well, you. Yeah. I don't think Gmail lets you or Google lets you make accounts like that anymore. Because they Probably don't want not. all these fake accounts sending things out. And...
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I love that right at the beginning of, of your story there, you were saying that when your son was... Little, he was four, and you looked at him and said, you know, I want him to be able to do all these brave things and, you know, and not be like me, because, you know, we're raised a certain way. And I think when you can see that you don't want that for your child, that alone is a superb light bulb moment. But you actually had like several going off with this idea of writing something for him that he could then use You know, this developed later through the journey, I guess, from the anxiety. But Um, but I
2: realized later that the irony of that was what are the odds I'm going to be successful at writing a book and getting it published? Right? This is a really hard task. 99% of all authors fail at getting a book published. And so I was actually doing the thing I was trying to show him through my writing because I didn't think I had those traits right so it was kind of ironic
1: no i think it was perfect this is like if you believe in in the universe playing a hand in what you do if you believe in that (laughs) at all that was a superb example example if you don't it was a remarkable coincidence that you know you you ended up embodying exactly the thing you wanted him to to learn that you didn't think you could teach so i think that's just that's quite incredible so, if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life, the family's life? You know, what,
2: what I think the one thing is so I, I addressed a lot of different issues because I wrote this first series. And while I was writing the third book in the series, I figured I'm going to write three books and that's it. And that's a huge accomplishment. Right. Three books published. That's incredible. While I'm writing the third book, the publisher calls me and says, hey, Mark, sales are really good. Don't kill the bad guy. We need another series. And so, okay, so, you know, now I'm writing books four, five and six and I'm working on book six and they call me again and they say the same thing over and over again. And I recognized early on that I have a megaphone that I can use to shout at kids and teach them something. And so every book I wrote dealt with a different theme, like bullying, like anxiety, sibling relationships, father-son relationships, everything. And I think the overarching theme through all of that is you're not alone, that kids are struggling with lots of different things. But there's other people out there struggling with the same thing and i think that's really the overarching theme of all of my books that you're not alone
1: and i have to say this is why i'm so excited or at least one of the reasons why i'm so excited you're here today because i love that you're providing this for kids it's so powerful and in a format that they can handle Mm -hmm. i mean I love that you have all these different areas that kids experience. So there's like a a book for everything that comes up. Have you got these books into schools and libraries yet? Oh yeah. And if it, not, when?
2: I I would say every school in the U.S. has my books in their library. I bet. Oh nice. When 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 I contact schools and say you know I want to do an author visit, um they say you're Mark Sheverton. Kids love your books. Because they're Minecraft. And kids love Minecraft. And they like my books. Um, So I would say they're everywhere. In total, I I don't know what the exact number is. I just know it's over 2 million books sold worldwide. So I know that there's a lot of them out there in a lot of libraries. I'm sure Um, people listening at their public library, I bet they're there. That is so good to hear. I love it.
1: And you you go on sort of speaker tours or something as well? You yeah, go talk to I, I go to
2: schools and I talk with them about all the failures I had to endure before reaching any success as an author. Because I know for me, the thing that helped me to be successful was I never gave up. That first book uh, was called The Crystal Tear. God, it was a terrible book. But it had 253 rejections when we stopped keeping count. I was going to say not that you were counting. Yeah. Well, my son was learning graphing in school. So I was teaching him graphing. So he was graphing all the failures. And so the graph kept going up and up and up. He thought this was a lot of fun. (laughs) I did not. But, you know, that failed. And I thought, and what I say to kids when I'm talking to schools You can't let other people's know, define who you are. You got to decide for you if you want to stop or if you're going to keep going. And so I just kept writing because I found I have a passion for writing and I love writing. And it'd be more fun to be writing and successful. But if I can't be successful, I'm still going to write. And so I just kept writing.
1: You know, that's a really powerful stance for identity, right? Because if you identify as I am someone who loves writing and I write, then the part about success, not success, what that looks like, what that means, isn't so important. Because you're a writer anyway, so you're going to keep doing it. And I think that also, that whole experience embodied for your son and for other kids, what it's like to keep going. You're actually doing the thing you're teaching them, which I love. This is superb. And you know what? This this is kind of nuts, but we're already already at our first break. I'm so excited <laughs> I can hardly talk. We're already coming to the first break. Like what what happened? I only just started <laughs> listening to you and talking with you. So stay where you are. Don't go away. Anybody that's listening, make sure you're writing notes because Mark has got all kinds of good things for you, and he's going to tell you a few times how you can find him and where, because I want you to get all the goodies we have for you today. Don't go away. You are listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships.
0: What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffenstone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific, on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
2: Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? email, become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com
0: This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mikaela Gaffin Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Michaela Gaffin-Stone, and I'm here today with Mark Sheverton, author extraordinaire and man who really sticks to his guns and goes for it. I love the story that we've had so far. And if you've missed it, I invite you to go back and listen to the replays later. Not now. We still have more going on. And make sure you're making some notes, because Mark has some gems for you today, not to mention some incredible books before we jump back into questions and, you know, storytelling, which you're really good at, um, <laughs> how can people find you and let them know about your amazing website, because I have checked out your website and it is a thing
2: of beauty. And there's so many goodies on there. Please let the people know. So my website is Mark That's That's C-H-E-V-E-R-T-O-N.com. And, um, I I a funny thing happened when I started writing my Minecraft books is I started getting stories from kids just out of the blue. Kids were writing their own Minecraft stories and sending them to me. And so I started putting them on my website. And this was really surprising because in general, writing is kind of terrifying that you got to write something and you show it to people. And I was surprised that so many kids were doing this. And I think it's because they're subject matter experts. They really know Minecraft. So that fear of being wrong is removed. And that lowers the barrier for them to write, which I thought was kind of cool. And I learned there's a ton of research in education that if you let kids write what they want to write about, they will write much more than having them write that essay on Huckleberry Finn.
1: Right. But but, but anyway, those...
2: so I started posting all those stories on my website. So there's a fan fiction page there. There's about a thousand stories there from kids from all over the world. I got some from it that are in Spanish and Portuguese and French too. So um, you keep them all up. They, they keep, all
1: stay up all the yep. time.
2: At one point wow. I had to migrate from one thing to another. My website guy said, I didn't understand it, but I ended up losing a couple of hundred stories, which was a bummer. I couldn't, I couldn't get them back. Um, But now there's still about a 1,000 of them there. There's like 70 pages of them. Um, And so a lot of kids will go on and read the stories and then make comments about other people's stories, which is kind of cool. Of course, I'd see those comments and I have to approve them before I allow them to be posted. So anybody saying something mean or disrespectful, that comment gets blocked and that kid gets banned from my website because I wanted it to be a kid safe place. But also I started working on some writing resources for kids. Like when I'm writing my books and I want to describe a character, there's a strategy I use for character description. So I wrote a little mini lesson and I recorded a video of me talking about how I describe my characters or how I design my plots or all of those different things. And so there's uh, 20 or so lessons on there for kids to help them with their own creative writing wow and and i found a lot of elementary school teachers are using those in their classes to help their kids do their own writing
1: now that's superb and that's a beautiful example of exactly what i was telling everybody that's listening you want some resources check out mark's website because he has got resources for days on there and you can you can play with it yourself you know i don't think there's an age limit on playing with uh, writing your characters particularly yeah. if you've always been afraid to write yeah.
2: wouldn't you say and, oh yeah absolutely and and these strategies many of them are things that many professional authors use like how to show and not tell or how to show in your story that your character is afraid without saying he's afraid because saying he's afraid is a tell and that doesn't connect with a reader. So there's strategies on how you show it. And so all of these things are things that lots of authors use. It's not just stuff that I use.
1: And I love that because if you're doing the show and not the tell, then that allows the reader to sort of identify with it without having to label it. And labeling things can be very Tricky because you know if you're labeling something or someone, then you stick them in that place, and yep. it's harder to move away from it. And yep. it's also it's it's a whole other level to to have to accept, right? Whereas if you can just sort of on a an unspoken level identify with, oh yeah, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been there. So that's everybody
2: the... has felt those chills down their spine or the goosebumps exactly. on their arms.
1: Now, that is that is a beautiful way to help kids express that. And mm-hmm. I'm all about communication. So giving this tool to to kids who want to use it, like that's that's a beautiful thing. And maybe they thought they were going in a different direction and discover a love of writing as well. So that can be such a, a bonus. Now, yeah. I have another question for you. Yep. Why did you decide to write a book that deals with anxiety in kids? Because this is a subject I've covered uh, somewhat in, in these episodes because so many kids have anxiety. Usually, you know, there's a, there's a lot of that around. But post-COVID,
2: it's crazy. There's so much anxiety. Like, wow. So yep. what was the influence for you? So my son had anxiety and it started when he was in second grade. And he started having trouble going to school. He'd start getting an upset stomach. I thought the upset stomach was just a dodge, right? I used to pull that with my mom. It never worked because there's no evidence, right? You don't have a fever. You got an upset stomach. It's the perfect excuse to stay home from school. Never worked. And so he started saying that and we're like, yeah, you're not sick, you know. And, And he'd take the ear thermometer and he would do it. Lots of times until he'd get 99 degrees and say, yes, there it is. Because those things were so inaccurate. Right. Right. And so he just started showing more physical symptoms that he wasn't feeling well. And and he's not a kid that was usually sick a lot. And so we started taking him to we took him to our pediatrician and the pediatrician says it sounds like he has anxiety. And his stomach is creating all of this acid because he's shifting into fight or flight and his body is doing whatever it can to protect itself and keep from going to school. And we don't know why he was anxious about going to school, but it just got worse and worse and worse until I had to pull him out of school. My wife and I pulled him out and I left my job at GE and I homeschooled him and he just, the anxiety disappeared overnight. Not completely, but Mm -hmm. it was remarkable the positive effect it had on his quality of life and on ours too, because this was hard watching him suffer. It is is very tough. It's very tough. And the hard thing is, and I've learned this from talk after writing this book, talking with a lot of parents who have anxious kids, that for me, I felt like a failure because I couldn't protect him. I knew what was coming, but I was forcing him to go to school. And I'm forcing this terrible, terrible anxiety on him. And what kind of father am I? And a lot of other parents felt the same thing, but nobody talked about it. Yes, absolutely. I I never knew for me. I never knew anybody else thought that.
1: You didn't know that you weren't on your own. Yeah, exactly right. I needed, you know, I needed a book. Right? Somebody (laughs) needed to write that thing for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, I am writing a parenting book and there will be things about anxiety in there. So nice. That's That's I have a publisher lined up for March for that one. So
2: stay tuned. That's super. Yeah. So, you know, now he's in college. He's a junior studying computer science. He's just killing it. He's doing great. But a few years ago, I asked him, what was the anxiety? What did it feel like? Because I know what it looked like. But what did it right. feel like inside your body inside your head what were you thinking and the level of hopelessness and dread that he described for me was shocking right. i was like holy mackerel i forced you to experience this every day i felt even worse right and i knew as an author i had to write about this because other kids needed to know they're not alone and so i started writing the book and got it done and sent it to my agent and she shopped it around and couldn't really get anybody to bite on a book about anxiety. And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to self-publish it. And I took it back and I rewrote it. But then I worked with a team of child psychologists and they taught me, they read the book and gave me all kinds of input, taught me all their coping strategies and terminologies and breathing exercises. And I put all of that into the book and not as a here here's a guide on what to do if you're anxious it was the main character cameron pool he has anxiety in the story and he gets encounters challenges and those symptoms that my son experienced i gave to the main character
1: right wow that's so powerful and i mean these days, so many kids have anxiety. I think it would be easier to find one that doesn't yeah. post-COVID with all the sort of social restriction where they just lost some really important years. Whatever yeah. age you are, they lost important years of socialization. The, the anxiety levels are sky high. And I find people I'm working with, their kids Anxiety is one of the big issues that comes up, which is why, you know, I've addressed it a few times as well. And I was so thrilled to know that you have books that are exactly for that purpose because people really need the resources and it's anxiety is crippling. You know, it can just build and build and build until you can't do anything. The fear is immense. And for the parents, their fear for their child is immense. And then everybody is just in this state of you know, paralyzed being, it's just, it's uh, an awful thing to do. So having a book to associate those feelings with and and work through, I think is a a beautiful, gentle and self-paced way to handle anxiety. Because nobody's telling you what you have to do even better. Nobody's telling you how how you have to feel. It's just... You have pathways in your books, don't you, where, you know, something's tried and at first
2: it doesn't necessarily work, but then it does. Yep. Yeah. So so I, I imagine a kid who's anxious reading this, right away they're going to say, and and I just received an email from somebody who read the book saying, Cameron's just like me, which was, right. which was great to hear. But as they're reading it, they're going to see Cameron struggle with anxiety, and then they'll try four, seven, eight breathing, which is a standard breathing exercise you give to people to help with anxiety. And the kid's going to see that in the story. And then it's going to be shown that the character is going to do that. And they're going to say, hey, I remember my therapist telling me about that. And this is going to reinforce what their therapist is telling him. So
1: that's, that's beautiful. You're not replacing the therapist, you're enhancing and helping them. I love it. And, and you know and, and what? we the say next and, break. And, and, oh, and, and, the next break. This is crazy. I would love for you to hold up your book for a little bit so people can see it and get the idea of facing the beast within. And don't go away. We have more. Mark is giving you some goodies today. You are listening to the Inspired Choices Network. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships. And I am Michaela Gavin Stone. Mark Cheverton is my amazing guest today. Stick around. We have more for you. See you in a minute.
0: What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffin-Stone, will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
2: How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app,
0: This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone.
1: I am having so much fun today. I hope you are enjoying this as much as I am. I've been waiting for this opportunity to talk with Mark Sheverton about his incredible books. And boy, is this a resource we need today. So I'm just thrilled that these books are available. And Mark, once more, I'm going to ask you again. Can you tell people about your website, where to find it?
2: Sure, it's marksheverton.com, C-H-E-V-E-R-T-O-N. And there's lots of stuff about all the books I've written. Uh, There's a tab at the top called Themes, and you can click on that, and you can see the theme of every book that I've written and what it teaches to kids. In fact, I had one parent reach out to me and say, my son really loves your books, but we have such a hard time because he only sees the negative in things, and he can't see the positive. And I replied, I said, tell you what, my next book is going to be about that theme. And so I wrote about that, about the value of seeing the positive instead of the negative in life, and then sent that kid a book, an autographed copy.
1: I love it. That's superb. So you're, wow. I I love how you're encompassing all the things that people are asking for. Now, my next question actually is about feedback. What kind of feedback have you received for this book, the one that is so beautiful that you've shown Mm -hmm. us? Facing the Beast Within. What's what's the
2: feedback like for that so far? Well, people have have really embraced it. That it's a uh, it's kind of two books in one. It's this immersive fantasy novel that kids who like Percy Jackson and Harry Potter are gonna love this book. Uh, I I have a knack for making the reader feel like they're in the story with the characters, so it's very immersive and. Kids who don't have anxiety, but really like that kind of exciting fantasy, I'm getting a lot of feedback saying this is great. I'm also getting feedback from parents who are seeing, interestingly enough, a lot of grandparents who read the book because they're looking for books that they could read with their grandkids. And they found this and they're like, this is great because one of my grandkids has anxiety and I really want to read this with them so we can have some conversations that are difficult to have with them.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's beautiful. So you've got grandparents, parents. Have teachers been contacting you? I mean, you know that they're using the lessons, but what kind of feedback are they giving you? Yeah,
2: it's. I don't think it's made it into classrooms yet. It's certainly okay. made it into libraries, but I think it's slow to take off in schools right now, which is why I'm doing school visits to tell people about it.
1: Oh, I think this would be so helpful in schools. So oh, they really need to know about this, definitely.
2: I, mean, I, I read a statistic that the CDC says after COVID, 20% of kids are diagnosed with anxiety. Sure. So you have to figure it's 30% or more, 40%. Yeah. You know, as a classroom teacher, you got that many kids in your class that are struggling with anxiety. How, how do they do that? I mean... Teachers ought to be able to, they should give teachers a cape for what they do with kids.
1: Right. And and recognizing the signs of anxiety too, because it can show up a little differently depending on how the child's presenting and whether they have any co-occurring diagnoses. You know, if you have a child yeah. with autism, they could also be showing up with a whole lot of anxiety yeah. and it gets misplaced. It gets misdiagnosed. Yeah. And. I'll bet having these books available would really help the teachers as well to sort of navigate through what's anxiety and and what isn't and how much does it really matter if you can help with this book, you know.
2: Um,
1: The kids really are
2: suffering. It's certainly going to give kids the ability to say, that's what I'm feeling. Right. Right. Giving
1: kids a voice and having them feel seen and heard, which is Mm – Basic human need, right? We all need to be seen and heard, and kids frequently don't feel that way. So I love that this is bringing that for the kids. Now, I I just have to ask, and please do brag away. (laughs) In fact, it's not bragging if you've done it, right? So
2: has this book won any awards? Because I'll bet it has. It has won... I got to think it just won another one. And I don't remember what that one was, but it won the mom's choice gold award, which mom's choice is this international organization that people send in products and you send in, I had to send in 10 books, I believe, and 10 parents read it. And um, then they decide, is this good for kids or not? And is this a gold, a silver or a bronze? And gold is pretty hard to get. And I was happy that I received the gold award. Um, And then the recently New York City Big Book Award for children's fiction, it won that. The 2023 International Book Award for children's fiction, it won that. I got to see there's another one. I love that you have to look it up. Yeah, there's the Pencraft Award. I was a runner up there. I didn't win. Sad face. And there's the Colorado Independent Publishers Award. It won for the cover. I submitted it for the cover because I thought the artist did a great job and they should get some recognition. And so they did.
1: Wow. So anybody listening and not seeing the book, because it is a beautiful book, the cover is quite awesome. Do show it again, Mark. Um, There you go. Look at that. I want to read it. But just, you know, know that it's a book of quality. You've got all these awards and and they're all sort of carefully considered awards. That's just incredible. So tell me about your other books as well, because, you know, that one is amazing and it's it's up and out there right now. But the other books that you have, do they deal with mental health as well for kids?
2: Yep, so the Minecraft novels, 24 Minecraft novels, all deal with some aspect. I don't know about mental health as much as relationships. Okay. Um, I found that I wrote a lot about fear and bullying because I think that was part of my childhood. Right. I was bullied and then I was always afraid. I don't know why because nobody noticed me in, in school. I was the invisible kid. But I always thought I was going to get beat up. I don't know why that is. So I was always afraid when I was in, in elementary school and in middle school. And I was always afraid I'd forget where my locker was at. That was my recurring nightmare in middle school. <laughs> Just not wow. knowing where my locker was. Um, okay. Well, I'm but, actually hearing some things here about why kids are anxious at school. You know, these these kind of things can come up for kids all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I I know I have a touch of anxiety. Um I, I have no doubt about that. When I'm working on something hard at GE and and it's a hard project and I gotta come up with a technical solution. Um I'm nervous. I don't sleep well when I'm when I'm having trouble with those kind of things. And so I know that's part of me as well. But uh yeah, there's multiple different themes about bullying and relationships and sibling relationships. And as I mentioned, not seeing the positive things. Um, Maybe uh, I wrote one about, um, what was it? Uh, Judge, judge yourself by the friends you keep. Oh, some people will hang around toxic friends because they're popular. And people will judge you by the friends you have around you. And so I wrote a story about that, about, whether that's a good idea or not. And in every one of my books, I have something that says just a thought. And I have a statement that talks about the the theme of the book. And uh, if uh, so that that's my megaphone message that I'm sending to the kids. Very cool. Did you have m- much feedback from parents on that one? Because that would be a topic that many parents would be pulling their hair out over, you know.
1: Oh, why are they hanging out with these yeah, kids? Yeah,
2: I had some say, boy, I wish I could. My, my kid read your book and they loved it, but they didn't hear what you were saying. And I wish they could, you know. And that's hard because middle school is brutal, right? And mm-hmm. people, there's this desire to be popular. um, And if you're popular, you're safe, Right. And yeah, kids well, you know that.
1: Historically, you're not going to get thrown out of the group and eaten by the saber-toothed tiger if you're the popular one, right?
2: Yeah. That's
1: that's how we're sort of wired. But it, and it's and no also... one's
2: going to pick on you if you're with the popular kids. see yes. It's a defense mechanism. I don't know. Yeah.
1: No, the, I'm sure there's a, a bunch of things at play. Self-esteem, if that's tied to oh, who they're yeah. hanging out with then, you know, it's a very fragile thing, which kind of can be anyway, especially for kids, because it's just developing. Um, so that's that's an incredibly important theme. Are you going to write a second
2: book on that? So, you know, I, I've been asked to write some more Minecraft books. And I'm hesitant because the sales aren't great anymore for Minecraft books. Um, but, but I've thought about doing something about Focusing about relationships and writing about relationships. Um, right. I wrote some books about that were not Minecraft. I After I stopped writing Minecraft, I wanted to write some fantasy novels. And because I'm a GE engineer and we're trained to go look at what space is available. You know, if we're working on technology, we got to look at the patent space and see Is there white space there where we can file patents so we can protect our inventions and everything? So I treat everything like a GE project. And I went to the bookstore and I looked at the fantasy shelves and I saw what was there. And it's wizards and wizarding schools and dragons and zombies and werewolves and, uh, you know, vampires and vampire schools. And I noticed the one thing in fantasy that wasn't there is giants. Oh, and so okay. I want to write about giants. And I'm a smart guy. I'm a good writer. So I'm going to write about giants. I'm going to create a market all on my own, because I'm that good. And so I wrote about giants. And I wrote about one book about um, kind of understanding the value of friendship. And I wrote one about about feeling responsible for things that aren't within your control.
1: You know what? I love what you're writing about. And I also love that you said, I'm
2: that good. Well, well, the story's not over. So then I self-published these. And boy, did they do poorly on Amazon. Mm (laughs) I mean, when you look them up on Amazon, you see cobwebs on them because they have been viewed so poorly. So they sold like 12 copies or something. They were total failures. It's marketing. Eh. It's marketing. But, but the funny thing is, I, I mean, you're right, because on Amazon, when you type in Giants for books, most of the books are on the football team and the baseball team.
0: Oh, uh, of course they are. Because
2: Amazon ranks them by their best sellers ranking. Whoever is selling the most books is shown at the top. Right. So if you write Giants fantasy, you're going to get Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Even if you type my title, The Giant's Giant, into it, you still don't find it until you're down on page 10 or 12 or something.
1: Right. So it's it's an SEO thing. It's the oh, search yeah, engine
2: thing. Absolutely. But, That's but so a, interesting. But a funny thing is a publisher in England contacted me and said, we read these books and we love them and we want to publish them in England. Okay, well, you know, Roald Dahl did The Big Friendly
1: Giant, and that's a very popular book in the UK still. I'm going to have to stop talking for a minute because we have another break. This time is going so fast, I can't believe it. So, people, please stay tuned. Mark is still giving you some amazing information, and this is fascinating for me, so I have to assume it's fascinating for you. Make sure you're making notes and check out his beautiful website, don't go away. We're here on Inspired Choices Network, and this is Navigating Complicated Relationships, Giants and all. See you in a minute.
0: What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffin-Stone, will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin Stone. Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. And here we are again, navigating complicated relationships
1: with myself, Michaela Gappinstone and Mark Sheverton, author extraordinaire. That is your new title. I think you need to put (laughs) it somewhere. And Mark has what, 27 books out right now. And the amazing feedback, the first book that rocked everybody's world, sold 50,000 copies. And I'm sure it's up to a higher number by now.
2: 400,000 or so.
1: How many? I think 400,000. 400,000. That is crazy. Wow. That's so good. So if you're listening to this right now, you need to go and get this book. You need to go and get other books and you need to check out Mark's website, which is (laughs) MarkShiverton.com. Say it this time. He's got themes. He's got places for kids to send their work and have it, Posted, commented on. Not only nice, positive comments are allowed, which I think is a good thing in this world. And yeah. I'm just so excited to have you here today, Mark. So I want to ask you a question about social media. How do you think that is impacting kids' anxiety levels and and other issues? And have you written a book on that? And are you going to,
2: if you haven't? So I probably won't write about that because for the most part, I'm writing about fantasy stuff. Okay. Um, but I see, you know, there's talk about Twitter and how poorly it's doing because of how it's being run right now. And I think of nothing more wonderful than seeing that thing die and go away because I see social media. It was made to connect us together, but it does the opposite. It is so hurtful. And it isolates people rather than making them come together. For for us, we can talk to our friends and share pictures and stuff. But for kids, it is so destructive. And I don't know how kids can handle it. I see my son. He would always get up in the morning and the first thing he'd do is check social media. And fortunately, he doesn't really care what other people think. So he, he was looking at people he likes to follow. But kids who link their self-esteem to how many likes they get. Yes. Really yep. a problem.
1: It It is brutal. And, you know, I have a few kids that I'm working with right now who are very hooked into the external feedback that they get from social media about who and how they are. And I can't think of a worse place to look. It's terrible. Yeah. Because people are feel very free to say all kinds of things that they wouldn't dare say to your face, yeah, but they're anonymous. going to put it on social yeah. media. Yeah. And that's, you know, that that's horrifying to me. So I think kids of today, these upcoming kids right now have extra challenges because they're so wired to the internet and getting them to um, write and read that's not on the internet is, is uh, a, <laughs> Phenomenal and really important thing to do because that part of their brain is not getting developed when they're stuck on the internet all the time and, and checking things out. Yeah. So uh, question, so what is next for Mark Sheverton? Is
2: it Giants and Giants? Or... So I I was happy that this publisher, Birch Tree Publishing wanted to publish my books about giants. And so I'm actually finishing up the, i finished the third book in the series and sent it to them just this week. And I'm working on the second book in the order of the stone series. It's called Cameron and the shadow Wraith. And you can see a picture of it back here on the back cover, another fantastic cover by the cover artist I use. Um, And so I'm working on that. And so I'm working on finishing the order of the stone series. This one, and yeah. the Giants of Stonehold all at the same time. It's a lot of writing. It is a lot. Do you ever get writer's block? I do sometimes. And there's actually strategies, which I don't have a lesson of that on my website. I should put one on there, I suppose. I, think so. I read that there's a strategy that Pixar uses. And I don't oh. know if this is really attributed to Pixar or if somebody thought it was and they posted it. I don't know. But when I talk with classes, with students, what I tell them is start making a list of what's not going to happen to your character, because that's an easy list to come up with, right? And type it. And so my Cameron, Cameron Poole, my main character, uh, they're not going to get eaten by an alligator. They're not going to fly out of a plane because they're in a boat. They're not going to turn into a popsicle. They're not going to hit an avalanche. And the fact of writing and thinking engages both sides of your brain because the thinking addresses, I always get it wrong, so I'm just going to guess. The thinking creative part does the right side of the brain and the mechanical typing part does the left side of the brain. And when you engage both sides of the brain, you think much more efficiently and much more creatively. And I found when I do that, I'll be typing and I'll, oh, he goes into a spooky cave. Oh, he can go into a spooky cave. That's a good idea. Right. It's not and on I your have found that this always works.
1: It's not on your, he didn't do this list. I love that. That's so cool. And it's just that act of engaging both sides of your brain. Wow. So I hope everybody's making notes about this because this is so good and check out the, the themes so that you know, which book you want to start with it's- in order to the books
2: that people need to follow? So there's an ideal order that is shown on my website, but the editors were very, very firm about kids must be able to pick up any book and read it. And it makes sense. Okay. So you need to Love figure it. out a way to weave in just enough backstory without doing an info dump because info dumps are boring and people will, will set a book aside when they see an info dump. And so, I was very careful about putting enough information in. And sometimes I didn't. And the editor would say, no, I don't understand why this is happening. You need to put more backstory in. Wow. Um, So they can actually do it in any order.
1: That's wonderful. I love that there is an order, but there doesn't have to be an order. That covers everybody's needs, parents and child, so the parents can keep track of what they're picking up what they're buying okay. and I believe you have an offer today that you
2: could tell people about because we're, we're coming to the end of the show already oh my goodness yeah. I do so I wrote a couple of short Minecraft novels one called The Virus which is about this character that the Minecraft community created called Herobrine and another one called Elytra Perils where Elytras are wings you can get in Minecraft to fly And I wrote these books for the sole purpose of encouraging kids to read. And so I give them away for free. Um, And there's going to be a link in the show notes or something, I think. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. And people can go and download these two books. And you can download an ebook or a PDF or whatever. There's no strings attached. And you can share it with friends and send it out to people. Um, But it will get that Minecraft fan who doesn't like to read, it will get them to read.
1: Now, that is absolutely beautiful. So there's two free books for people, no strings attached. They can just read them and enjoy. There's a website full of resources, no strings attached. They can enjoy and a place where their kids can
2: comment. I absolutely love this. Like that is value, value, value. And I don't know if you could see it, but in all of my books, my self-published books, I put a flip book in. I saw that. It's
1: gorgeous. Kids love I, I love flips. that too. We're gonna to have to go. We've got five seconds left. This is crazy. Mark Shepperton, thank you so much for coming today. This has been awesome. Thank you for listening. I love to it. The
0: navigating complicated See you next time. Show. Bye. Michaela returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey. And with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.